It's hard to recall a year with so many novelties to the Brazilian banking system as 2020. But with the coronavirus pandemic, the government embarked on one of the largest financial inclusion programs in history, creating tens of millions of digital bank accounts to allow citizens to receive emergency financial aid. And this year we'll also see the implementation of open banking in Brazil, a practice that gives third-party providers access to consumer data through the use of application programming interfaces, the so-called APIs. And open banking will allow for the networking of accounts and data across different institutions for use by consumers, financial institutions and third-party service providers. And it's becoming a major source of innovation poised to reshape the banking industry worldwide. Another game-changer is PIX. Brazil's brand new instant payment system. Now, PIX has just gone live this week and we will explain what changes it will bring to Brazil's financial system. My name is Ewan Marshall, standing in for Editor-in-Chief Gustavo Ribeiro and this is Explaining Brazil. PIX will allow transactions to be concluded in no more than 10 seconds, with accounts being credited instantly at any time of the day. Now, this might sound fairly underwhelming, but currently in Brazil, transfers can only be processed and credited to recipients during business hours. And the central bank hopes PIX will accelerate the digitization of Brazil's financial system. That would guarantee safer transactions and limit the so-called underground economy. Elsewhere, studies predict that PIX could cut the use of banknotes in Brazil by half over the next 10 years. And you can go to the Brazilian Report website for all the details about this payment system, but on this podcast, we're going to focus on how it will disrupt the payments industry in Brazil. And to discuss that, we are glad to welcome Marcela Matiuzzo, a lawyer specialised in antitrust law and data protection. She previously worked as Chief of Staff to the Chairman of Brazil's Antitrust Regulator. Marcela, before we get into how PICS will change the financial system, I'd like to ask you to provide us with an overview of the current state of play. In, in regards to traditional banks, the traditional financial sector in terms of banking services, um, Brazil is no exception. When you look at most countries, you will see that the market is somewhat concentrated, right? And uh, the same the same holds true for Brazil. So we have around 80% of market share for the four or five main banks in Brazil. Um, and that is largely due to the barriers to, en- barriers to entry that we see in this market, even regulatory barriers, right? So because the financial system is so heavily regulated because of systemic risk and so forth, Right? You, you have to make large investments. The regulatory approvals that you have to get from the central bank are very heavy and complicated to obtain and so forth. So when you look at these more traditional banking um, functionalities, Brazil is largely concentrated on four to five players. Um, what, what exists in the payment sector is a little different. So one of the first things that we should note is that the payments market is also regulated in Brazil, and it is also regulated by the Central Bank of Brazil. So, you know, it's, it's an institution that has this 
um, regulatory capacity for both of these markets. Um, and unlike the tr more traditional banking services, payments has undergone major shifts since the beginning of the year 2000, I'd say. Um, both the central bank itself and the Brazilian antitrust authority, CAGI, um, have been very active in payments. And what, if, what has happened, and here I'm going to do a very long overview of 20 years in like five minutes, but what has happened is that we were also looking at a very um, concentrated market in payments that had a very limited number of players. And what happened throughout the, the, the last 20 years is that this scenario has changed a lot. So if you look at the traditional payment market, what you have is you know, a, a card network, for example, the, the most well-known worldwide and also in Brazil are Visa and MasterCard, um, even though we now have other um, smaller players in the market. You also have an issuer, which is traditionally the bank that issues your card, right, your credit card. And you have an acquirer, um, which is the company that liquidates payments, right? In, in Brazil, what happened in the beginning of the 2000s was that you had basically Visa and Master, and on the acquirer side, you had few companies, which were VisaNet and Hedicar, that were largely the market dominant. And they had exclusivity agreements with both Visa on the side of VisaNet and MasterCard on the on the side of Hedgecut. The exclusivity agreements were broken off by the regulatory agents, Bussing and Kaji. And what happened ever since what happened ever since was that a lot has changed in the market. Um, with this exclusivity being broken, um, the companies themselves had to uh, open to interoperability, right? The number of acquirers has grown a lot. Um, I, I think that overall today we have more than 15 acquirers in the Brazilian market and it has expanded yearly. And it's a very, very dynamic market today, a very dynamic element of the market. So um, SIG comes in this context in which the payment sector is already undergoing a severe change largely due to technological advances, right? So what enabled these new companies to enter the market is that because of technological development, the cost for market entry has lowered significantly. Um, it's, it, it is now much easier to provide a payment solution that effectively works. So all of these companies obviously saw opportunity in the market and entered. Um, and think is part of this context, context as well, right? It is yet another way of making payments in Brazil that will add to this already very dynamic, um, fast-changing market. So with the introduction of PIX into the Brazilian payment system, who will be the winners and who will be the losers? That's a very good question. And I think that um, nobody really knows, right? What I think is useful to understand is that what PIX will do is that it will be an alternative for people to transfer money 
uh, among themselves. So, for example, if I want to transfer money to you today in Brazil, um, we both would have to have a bank account more traditionally, and I would transfer that money through a what we call TED or DOC, right? So that's what we would usually do. There's also the possibility of a boleto, which is also something very particular of Brazil. But usually what we would do is either a TED or a DOC, and that is done through the major banks. Um, FIX is an alternative to that kind of transfer, right? It will also enable these people that we're talking about to transfer money through another means. So a potential, um, a potential, let's say, subject of unhappiness with FIX, because that those agents might lose market share, um, are the banks themselves, right? And they will have to, uh, they will have to integrate with FIX, and they will have to allow for people that have a bank account at their institution to use FIX instead of TED or DOS to do those exchanges. Moreover, these person-to-person, as we call it, exchanges and transfers um, will be free of charge. So obviously, it's better to use something that is free of charge than to pay for it. Therefore, the chances that people will you know, switch to these models instead of doing TED or DOS is very um, big. It also has the potential to insert a lot of people that are not strictly uh, what we call in the financial markets, right? They, they're not a part of the banking market, uh, um, as we call it, into the system because all of these facilities and these new functionalities will make it a lot easier for these people to have access to, for example, transfers. Pretty much all you have to do is a cell phone. You can open an account in a digital bank instead of a traditional institution, and those institutions can use BIGs to transfer money. And you can transfer your money from this institution to any other traditional institution. So that's one of the things that FIX will do and that you know, can cause a lot of market change. The second thing that it will do um, is allow person-to-merchant um, transfers. So let's say you are a store and you want, you know, you have to have your customers pay you for your product, right? The ways in which you do that today are basically through acquirers, as I already mentioned. So if you have a credit card, um, if your customer has a credit card or a debit card, then that person will likely want to use that in your store. So you have to have an acquirer, or at least what we call a sub-acquirer here in Brazil, in order to make that exchange possible. With FIX, you will have yet another option to do that because, of course, you also have like money. Um, but FIX will be another option. What isn't clear at this moment, because the central bank has yet to regulate that, is um, how exactly will that transaction when it comes to person to merchant be charged? What we know is that the institutions that are connected to FIX will be able to charge for person-to-merchant um, transactions, unlike person-to-person. But it is very likely that the cost of those transactions will be much lower than when you use a traditional acquirer. So acquirers largely are also um, market players that may be um, you know, faced with more competition with the addition of FIX. 
So I think those are the two main changes that FIX will be able to readily introduce in the Brazilian market. Uh, but of course, we have to look out for new functionality that FIX may um, come to integrate in the future and so forth. And what are the challenges to make PIX work? I mean, as you mentioned, tens of millions of people are still outside of the banking system and many transactions in Brazil continue to be in cash with no involvement of banks whatsoever. How can PIX you know, lure these individuals and more importantly, how is it going to keep them? That's also another very good question. I think that um, as with everything that is you know, technologically driven, Perhaps the first challenge would be um, making sure that these people that are not within the banking uh, system today have access to technology, right? And what I mean by that is basically that they have at least a smartphone. Um, without that, it makes it a lot harder for these people to understand it, to trust it, um, and to use it regularly. Um, but I also think that when they have access to this very, well, we can call it simple technology, um, the likelihood of them wanting to stay in PIT is, is large. And not just PIT, like any technology, I'd say that that is, that is a given. Um, I also think because of that characteristic, it may be harder for um, older people to feel comfortable with PIT again, as with internet banking in general, right? Um, but for younger people, I, I think it will be very, uh, um, you know, attractive. And you can look at that when you see the numbers um, of people that have already signed up for this, right? So today, what happened was that the new fintechs, as we call them, such as Nubank, for example, um, are the are the institutions that have the most um, sign up for fix, and that feels very natural to me because the people that you the consumers of those fintechs are precisely younger people that already have a tendency to, you know, look for this technology more. They don't want to go to a, you know, bank agency ever if possible. So. Um, it will be interesting to see if new generations and older generations will adapt to this model well. Um, I think that in general, as I was saying, um, digital literacy, as we as we usually call it, will be very important for people to trust the technology and for people to effectively use it, and you know, on a regular basis. You mentioned something crucial about a system like PIX, which is trust. And that taps into one of your specialties, which is uh, data protection issues. It remains unclear how data protection will be enforced in this new system, with the central bank passing the burden to banks, despite it being the holder of the system. Even if banks are already used to dealing with highly sensitive data, can we expect many changes in how data will be handled? For PIX? as well as for the new open banking regulation that is being implemented by the central bank, the, the legal basis that is used for data protection purposes is consent, right? So what that means is that for any user to have access to it and for any financial institution to be able to add that user um, with a key chain access to it through that financial institution, 
the user has to specifically consent to that use, right? It's interesting to note that um, last week, and I think even the week before, there were already some challenges to that specific issue. Consumer protection institutions um, mentioned that they were seeing signs of fraud in, um, in terms of the keychain access, meaning that perhaps some of these keychain access were being um, recorded to consumers without their, their specific consent, stupid, right? So the financial institution was just, was just adding that user to PIX without the user saying, I do want effectively to have access to PIX. So um, that is certainly a challenge. And I think, it's, as you mentioned, the, the new Brazilian legislation that came into force uh, regarding data protection is, well, very new. It was passed in 2018, but it just came into effect now in 2020. So we don't even have a data protection agency yet. Naturally, that makes it harder, even for companies that want to, want to comply with, with data protection regulation, to know precisely what the data protection agency and the central bank will demand from them in terms of data protection compliance, right? So I think we'll have to wait and see how exactly this topic will develop in the future. But I'm pretty sure that even because of these, for example, the consumer law complaints that I mentioned, companies have a very strong incentive to effectively at least try to comply with the legislation. And it, it will be something that, as fixes now, is very, you know, in the front of the discussion. It's in the center of the discussion. Everybody's looking at it. So also for that reason, I, I think um, incentive to comply is high. But how precisely that will happen, how the law will be interest, interpreted, and how you know, the DPA will um, want companies to comply with it, um, honestly, I, I think it's a really good question, but I don't think that anybody, or e and even the DPA, that has is directors were appointed, I think like two weeks ago. They don't know yet. They will have to deal with this challenge side by side with the central bank and try to come up with a solution. And working at a law firm that deals with data protection legislation, that sounds like it could be good news for you. <laughs> yeah, to some extent, that's true. <laughs> One thing that is, in general, especially regarding payments, that is very um, important to keep in mind is that all over the world, this market is extremely dynamic. Um, it, it, it just, there's so many new technological developments and so many new ways of, you know, exchanging currency, exchanging money, going from one place to the other, um, that it's very hard to say what's going to happen, right? Nobody really knows, and we have a lot of movements from a lot of companies that are trying to insert themselves into this environment. So overall, I, I think it's a very interesting market to look out for, to see what is happening, uh, but also because it's very dynamic, very hard to predict what will happen. Marcela, thank you very much for talking to us. 
If you like our work, please rate us with five stars and recommend this podcast to your friends and co-workers. But the best way to support this show is by subscribing to The Brazilian Report, which is the journalistic engine behind this podcast. Every day we have new content on Brazil and Latin America, and it's all original, made by our own journalists. And you can try it for one week before making up your mind. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. My name is Ewan Marshall, and this was Explaining Brazil.